You are Locked On Wild, your Minnesota Wild every day here on the Locked On Podcast Network. I am your host, Joe Bully of ZoneCoverage.com. And with me today is Tony Abbott of the Athletic Minnesota. Tony, do you have a favorite chicken wing sauce? Oh, Joe. We got asked this for our mailbag this week, and I was like, this is too big of a topic to put in the mailbag episode. Those tend to run a little long anyway. So I said to you, what did I say, Joe? Let's do a draft, because that's how we settle things around here. That's that's the only way to do it. We got to do it. We're going to we're gonna draft. We get uh, we get a a plate of wings coming our way. And we are going to uh, we're going to draft what we're putting on those wings. Okay. How many sauces are we going? How many are we going? Ooh, I think we should probably go three deep. Three deep? I think. Uh, that, yeah, I, I I think that's fine. Okay. All right. Uh, you know what? We probably should have settled this before we started recording. But uh, who wants to go first? You know what, Joe? I. Am gracious, I'll let you pick. You're gonna concede. All right, you're gonna make me go first. I, at the top of my list, have Caribbean jerk. Wow. Okay. Yeah. I don't know if you've ever been to Smalley's in Stillwater. They're closed now, but uh, they were kind of a uh, Caribbean-themed bar in downtown Stillwater, and they had one of the, some of the best Caribbean jerk wings that have completely flipped to the Caribbean jerk flavor. Okay, that's a that's a bit of a surprise number one pick. Not not that Caribbean jerk sauce is not good, but it, it's it's a little bit uh, surprising to see that go one one. You know. Okay. All right. All right. I'm going to go with the uh, the layup here, and I'm going to go like any sort of spicy barbecue sauce. Oh, you took it from me. Yeah, spicy barbecue or spicy barbecue is. Very, very good. I like the smoky flavors of the barbecue, but I also like the heat. Yeah, if you put like cayenne in it, if you put uh, any sort of uh, any sort of pepper in it, anything that is spicier than like say a honey barbecue sauce, I don't really, I don't really care. You know, if you put like chipotle in it or mm-hmm. or whatever you want, just just anything spicier than your run of the mill basic barbecue sauce. Though I I will say like I. I, I and I think we can agree with this ruling here, right? That yep. it is it any spicy barbecue sauce is separate from say honey barbecue. Oh, absolutely. There's completely different flavor profile. Yep. Here I am talking like a foodie. <laughs> <laughs> but uh you're you're correct. It is uh totally different. Um for my next pick, I'm gonna go spicy garlic. Oh, you took that one from me. Yeah, I see. I like the spicy garlic. Um, actually, there's a place in San Diego that the wife and I went to actually a couple times. We actually made it an appointment to go there because we love the wings and the, and the food there so much. But they're kind of like a um, uh, Vietnamese type, um, like a pho restaurant. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, we had some spicy garlic wings there and it, they use like Thai chili peppers and and uh, chili flakes and and ginger and garlic and a, a big, huge amalgamation of just all things great. And they kind of like soak their wings in it overnight. So it wasn't like a, it wasn't like your normal sauces that you get like a, at like a B-dubs or something like that. It was like in the wing itself and it was so damn good. 
and then you you combine the the flavor profile of like a garlic parmesan sauce and then you mm-hmm. kick that spice up to 10 like that that rules yeah. so hard right yeah i was uh i was gonna take it uh, i was going to take it in the third round hoping that it would slip down <laughs> there because my next pick is like uh a, a, a sweet chili sauce. I love Ooh. that the the mix of sweet and kick. It uh, it rules. Yeah, I'm gonna lump the one that I kind of had in there with the mango habanero as like your sweet with kick kind of flavor profile because uh, that one you know it does have some sweetness, but man, does that heat come on late and it is so good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you, so. you can't really uh, you can't really knock that. So you are folding like a mango habanero sauce into that. I I am. Otherwise, I would have picked it for my next one. But I'm going to fold kind of that same. Yeah, I feel like it has kind of the same uh, flavor profile. I mean, you can still take it. But in the interest of variety, we can we can keep going. Right, well. right. And then I think. ooh, good one. I think I'm going to go honey barbecue for my third pick just because I do like a sweet barbecue sauce from time to time. It is a, it is a classic and it's a classic for a reason. Like you can, uh, you, you can, uh, you can't go wrong. Just, uh, especially if you're just like trying to play it safe with like a group of people, like you're ordering wings to share with a group of people. And I, I can't imagine there are too many people who are going to say like, ah, honey barbecue is, is objectionable because Nobody finds it objectionable. It's delicious. Yeah, it's yeah. not too hot. Like you're not uh, you're not dealing with the uh, the spice factor so much. I think that that is uh, that's a that's a real good respectable choice. All right, and your third pick. This is really hard because I really wanted to go uh, garlic parmesan here. Ah, uh, do do. Is he gonna go sesame? What about teriyaki? Asian inspired or infused? What if it's like, I don't know, something not, completely I'd never even heard of. I'm not Stay so tuned. much a teriyaki guy like that. <laughs> I'm not either. Like, uh, it's okay sometimes, but it's not like my favorite. We both are going to pass on buffalo, by the way. Yeah. The classic yeah. wing sauce. Like, I like buffalo, but I don't know. I think I, I like other sauces more. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what it is about buffalo. Maybe I've just had like bad buffalo sauces. Uh, but it kind of feels like it, it's like its main thing is just to be hot. You know what I'm right. saying? Yeah, exactly. And that's not something that uh, that I've ever been into is just like spice for the sake of of it being spicy. Right. Hmm. I, I'm going to go with like any sort of like Cajun dry rub. Mm, I like Cajun a lot. You just you just like throw like a bunch of spices on it. I don't even care necessarily what it is. Like I've never you you don't uh, you don't inquire as to the exact uh, spice <laughs> combination of the uh, of the dry rub. You just like you know they're just gonna throw a lot of stuff on it, and it's going to uh, it's going to give you some kick. It's gonna mm-hmm. give you uh, some some good amount of, of tastiness, and it's gonna tangle your tongue. So absolutely. Uh, dip that stuff in some ranch, which I, I do not count as a is a is a dipping sauce. If you just no. get plain wings and dip them in ranch, uh, I mean, like you can do what you want yeah. with your wings, but uh, but I'm not uh, I'm not going to support you there. Okay, I've uh, I've actually grown to like blue cheese as well, which is weird because I used to hate blue cheese dressing. 
anyways, we've got a lot on uh, on your plate for this uh, episode. Uh, <laughs> nice pun, right? Uh, we're going to talk about Alex Galchenyuk in the next segment because uh, it's now we've finally got a sample size here with Galchenyuk. And I want to see if your opinion has changed at all from the time he was traded, as well as in the final segment, we'll get into some prospect updates, specifically three. So stay tuned to Locked on Wild. Welcome back to the show here on Locked on Wild. I'm your host, Joe, and with Tony. And Tony, I wanted to talk to you about Alex Yalchenyuk. We've got a bit of a sample size now since the trade that brought him over of Jason Zucker. Uh, and ultimately I want to know what your thoughts on if, if he's done anything to say, okay, maybe this guy still has something left, or do you think that he's kind of, uh, you know, still kind of what we expected at the end where he's probably a player that's just going to be left for free agency at the end of the year. First off, what's your thoughts? I mean, I, something left, like, of, of course there's, you know, something there, right? He's only 25. Uh, he, you know, I think he had that injury last year. That kind of slowed him down, and, and he couldn't find a fit. But, you know, there there is something there. It's just like, is this going to be a fit for Minnesota long-term? And and that's why they're, like, putting him at center, for example, to see if there is a fit there long-term. And I think that, you know, I, I've been skeptical as to whether he is going to be able to stick at center uh, for this team long term, or or for any team to be to be frank in terms of being a center, but like he's here, you might as well try it. So right, yeah. Um, I I think last night you kind of saw everything that makes you <laughs> intrigued and repulsed by uh, not yeah. repulsed, like repulsed is a little strong, but uh, but you know everything that makes you intrigued and kind of makes you go. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, no, I get it. Uh, he was he was brutal in the Kings game uh, in the neutral zone. I thought he also in the Anaheim game showed a lot of turnovers at the blue line. But man, I I think when he gets time to shoot the puck, he does have a good shot. Yeah, no, he's a, he's a he's a good goal scorer. He's been a good goal scorer throughout his career. I I I certainly think so. I know that he only hit thirty once, but you know. That you know, a lot of a lot of guys don't hit thirty ever, and yeah, like he's he's got offensive talent and and the ability to make stuff happen in the offensive zone. I do wonder if going forward, especially with the departure of Miko Koivu imminent and and potentially like say you trade Jonas Brodin in the offseason, I I used to think like if you do have a player who is bad at defense, like. Why not have him on the wild? Why not have him play on the wild? Because Minnesota's so good at defense right. elsewhere that, you know, it, it should be able to cancel out. And I do wonder if that is going to stay the same going forward. I think that's maybe my biggest concern with having Galchenyuk around. I do think that a Galchenyuk would come cheaply yes. if they decided to retain him. So I don't know if there's a whole lot of risk there. Um, I guess... I, I, at this point, after 14 games, I don't necessarily know that he's done quite enough to say, yeah, let's keep him around. But I can see that there's things there that they might be intrigued about. Uh, as, as you noted earlier, that, that they could say, Hey, you know what? Let's give him another, like prove it year to see what happens. Like, uh, there's a lot of youth and influx of talent that's going to be coming in in the next year and some roster turnover. Like there might be, 
a reason there to keep him uh, that, that I think that this, the front office could argue about now me personally, like I like the shot. I don't think he's been necessarily terribly out uh, defensively, like uh, as he was advertised, but uh, I don't know if he's done quite enough to, to earn that next contract for the Minnesota wild. Especially like, I guess like it sounds weird to say, cause like he has like come up big with some goals, but like offensively, like he hasn't super grabbed me, he hasn't really been a shot generator. He has not, uh, you know, he he's not really been around the puck on a consistent enough basis where it wows me or anything like that. He he's definitely not been like, and, and this is like an impossible thing to 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 uh, an impossible bar to clear. But he's not exactly been like Kevin Fiala offensively either. So. <laughs> No, he hasn't. But I, I want to just touch on this defense thing, too, because, uh, you know, you noted it even earlier prior to the tra- trade deadline that to stay away from Alex Galchenyuk because he is so bad defensively. Right. And yeah. since he's come to Minnesota, his expected goals against per 60 has dropped from 2.44 with Pittsburgh to 1.66. And now that could be mostly system. But I do think like if if he's got if he's really, really bad at defense, that that would be a little more even and level than um, than what we're seeing there. And his offense, for the most part, has been relatively the same. If you look at his offensive numbers, he has been mainly the entirely same player since when he was with Pittsburgh. But his defense has, has slightly gotten better since his time with Minnesota. And so it makes me have a little promise there that there might be something but again um is it enough to say yeah let's let's re-up him right away no well well here's the thing right if you go into the offseason and and maybe you're not able to swing that center trade or anything like that or maybe you dropped a center that you're really excited about but is a year or two away if you sign alex galchenyuk to a one-year four million dollar deal one-year five million dollar deal like here's the thing about contracts there is no such thing as a bad one-year deal pretty much yeah pretty much so i i could see him coming back and you know taking uh taking a whole off season to to get uh familiar with the uh the minnesota wild system like as you remember right kevin fiala comes in last year and he looks like trash for 20 games um <laughs> now look at him and now look at him, right? So, like, I'm not saying that, you know, there's going to be a Kevin Fiala breakout for Alex Galchenyuk. I think he's, you know, he's probably too old to expect that. But, right. you know, if you are able to to get him familiar with the system and bring him back next year and he can produce, you know, 20 goals playing from the center spot, like, that's that's a lot better from a second, third line center than you're doing now. And you you brought up that he's had some timely goals. I think he had a shootout winner. He had uh, did he have an overtime winner earlier too? I thought, but he also had the, the uh, one of the big. I think it was one of the tying goals, or maybe the 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 go ahead goal to make it three to two against Anaheim uh, on uh, Monday night. And uh, so he's come up with some real big timely goals. And if he could just clean up some of the neutral zone stuff and maybe handle the puck a little bit better. Like he could be serviceable, maybe not on the wild, but certainly for other teams. And he could still have a decent career in the NHL. Just maybe not 
worthy of what that first overall pick was. Third overall, but third yeah. overall pick. I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> and when you consider that, uh, that Nail Yakupov and Ryan Murray went ahead of them too, like <laughs> it's, it's, it's a soft third overall pick. Right. You're correct. All right, Tony, we've got, uh, some prospects to get into in the next segment. I want to get your opinion. Of overall picks. Yeah. Right. Uh, I want to get your thoughts on, uh, Kirill Kaprasov, uh, because he is captain clutch right now. Um, Adam Beckman, who I think surpassed a hundred points and, uh, your favorite and your favorite <laughs> Matt Boldy, who, uh, uh, has, uh, has had a pretty good, strong, um, I guess, uh, rise here towards the latter half of the season. So let's take a short pause right now. It's, it's kind of an earlier one, this segment, but I, but prospects do take a little bit longer to get through. So let's take one right now and then we'll come back and we'll talk about these top three prospects. You're listening to locked on wild. Welcome back to the show. Uh, you are listening to Locked on Wild. It's Joe and Tony here. And we want to give you an update on the top Minnesota Wild prospects. And, uh, Tony, let's start off with uh, the Kirill Kaprasov watch. Yes, the ghost face Kirilla in the playoffs, absolutely dominating for Cheska Moscow. Yeah, he actually just uh, scored the uh, the series clinching goal, the game-winning goal for Cheska in the uh, Gagarin Cup playoffs. I'm trying to figure out who the heck it was that they, that he played against, but um, uh, against Torpedo. Sorry, it was against Torpedo. And I'm telling you, it's, um, it's amazing. The Wild and Wild fans have been looking for a player that, quote-unquote, comes through in the clutch or, quote-unquote, doesn't disappear in the playoffs. And I'm telling you right now, Kirill Kaprasov is delivering at every big moment for Russia. Yeah, it's very exciting, especially when you compare it to, and I cannot go this episode without giving you a Kevin Fiala uh, mention, but it, like <laughs> when you see Kevin Fiala scoring clutch goals in overtime, then you look overseas, and Kirill Kaprasov is absolutely dominating in Moscow, and I know that, I know that uh, Moscow is an amazing team, right? And, and this yeah. is the first round, so they're, pl- they're playing probably their version of the Minnesota Wild in Russia, <laughs> right. uh, but it's still just like, you know, it's great to see. You want to see them step up in in big moments, and uh, Kaprizov certainly did that last year as as the as Moscow captured the Garen Cup, and in uh, I, I have no reason to believe it's not going to be the same here. And, and of course, international tournaments, he's been amazing in um, the yeah, like everywhere yeah. he's gone. Yeah, success. no, yeah, he's he's dominated in in World Juniors, but he also was the one that scored the golden goal at the Olympics for Team Russia as well. Like at the biggest stages, that kid, and I'm calling him a kid, he's what, 23 years old or something like that? 22, 23 years old. <laughs> like I'm older than him, damn it. I could probably call him a kid. I'm at that age. You know what? Um, official policy, official lockdown wild policy, Kirill Kaprizov, get off our lawns. <laughs> Anyways, uh, Kaprizov is delivering on those biggest stages and it couldn't, uh, couldn't be any better for wild fans that have been waiting and watching him from afar that can't wait for him to arrive in a green and wheat sweater. Yeah. But we've been, you know, we've been knowing that Kirill Kaprizov is going to be good for years and years and years now. And I think the real story is, I mean, I guess not the real story because, you know, 
Caprizov is a huge story, but I think that an overlooked story, maybe a little bit, is just how good the rest of the the system is starting to catch up lately. I agree. Um, I do want to just say though, uh, I could drop a stat here about Caprizov. Oh yes, cap yeah. stats. So I went to a website from DauberSports.com. They do an NHL uh, equivalency calculator. Kaprasov's points in the KHL, which is 62 points in 57 games played. It's pretty good. Yeah, it was just solid. Would equal in an 82 game NHL season, 72. Yeah, that that seems like a lot, but uh, but you know you're playing more games in the NHL, of course. Sure. And yeah, it's it's real exciting. He's one of the top players in Russia. It is hard to believe that he would not be one of the top players on the Minnesota Wild, if not, you know, like, pushing up there and being, like, a legitimate first-line player. Like, that would not surprise me at all. That's the expectation for me. Have the Wild had a 70-point player in the last decade? Yes, Eric Stahl. Did he? Okay. Yeah, I was going to, because I keep thinking of Granlin's 69 and 67 points. Stahl had 72 points, if memory serves. Ah, okay. So, Kaprasov is a much younger uh, Eric Stahl when Eric Stahl is at his best for the Minnesota Wild. But, but if it if it serves, if memory serves correctly, it's just been Gabrick Stahl. And if it were to be Capra, the next player to hit 70, and it might be a race between Kevin and Kirill, right? Right, uh, yeah. But the next player to hit 70 is going to be the third player in team history to hit 70 points. Okay. Awesome. Well, moving on, I know you mentioned uh, the, the, the rise of kind of the, the system in general, but uh, we, we could not miss out on talking about uh, Adam Beckman. I know we've talked to Alexander. We are Havana. building a farm system. Yeah. We are building it bigger. <laughs> I know we've talked a lot about Alexander, Alexander Havana for Moncton, but Adam Beckman is now at 106 points in 62 games played in the WHL for the Spokane chiefs. And, uh, it's it's absurd the numbers that he puts up on a nightly basis. Yeah, I'm not afraid to say it. Adam Beckman is stupid good. Stupid good. Um he what did he have? I think I just I, I pulled the stat earlier. In the last this is according to Wild Prospects and Young Players on Twitter, but Adam Beckman, a center for the WHL, scored 7 points. That's 4 goals and 3 assists in the in 3 games for last week. Again, it's absurd what he's putting up. Is it good to have good centers? Asking for a friend. Yeah. Name the Minnesota Wild. I don't. Um, though uh, I don't. though uh, the Spokane website lists him as a left wing. But even still, like, right. is it is it good to have good players? It is. It's, it's very good. <laughs> what what are good centers? Oh, I, I, I don't know. <laughs> uh, unless it's Jewel Eriksson-Eck, of course. Right, exactly. Uh, but just um, he's a guy. I think Havanov has gotten the the early uh, the early pub, but Beckman has been just incredibly consistent, kind of flying under the radar, and now at 106 points is uh, really really been good for Spokane. And you know you can also look at uh, at juniors and, and know that even for the top players, it, it can be hit or miss. There, uh, remember uh, remember Dmitry Sokolov hit. <laughs> I think he hit 50 goals in his draft plus one year uh, for Minnesota. So, like, these big production spikes happen. And the question becomes after that, okay, like, you showed that you can 
Uh, actually, like, uh, sorry, going back to Soklov, it was only it was only forty eight goals, <laughs> only forty eight goals in sixty four games. Right. But like, let, let's use him as an example, right? Uh, you know, having the talent is one thing. And and being able to cultivate it and translate it to the higher levels, that's going to be the real test for Adam Beckman. But, and this is the important thing, we know that Adam Beckman at least has the talent. And that's a darn good start. Absolutely. Speaking about uh, translating to the higher levels, it took one Matt Boldy uh, a long time early this season to adjust to the higher level of the NCAA and Hockey East. But uh, he's put up a decent season with nine goals, 17 assists for 26 points in 34 games. Now, that's not necessarily jumping off the page at you, but considering that he was absolutely snake bitten at the beginning of the season, that's a really nice uh, return uh, back to uh, pr- to prominence for, for Matt Boldy. And I think that's an important thing to know, too, that like I, I don't know how much of it was a struggle to adjust the league. Like he came out with uh, – with guns blazing in terms of of getting scoring chances and then got a uh, real snake bit uh, for quite a while and it, it seemed like there was like maybe a month from from mid November to the uh, the holiday break for Boston College where it looked like he might have lost his confidence a little bit but man once he got back from the break he he gained his mojo back and scored out of those twenty six points I think that uh that 22 21 21 of them came in the second half which i think is about 17 games or so which is absurd yeah i'm looking forward to seeing him in the hockey east playoffs as well as uh, eventually the ncaa as if uh if boston college can uh, make a deep run to uh the frozen four yeah, I mean, like, that that team's a good team, and he has found a groove playing with fellow 2019 draft uh, first-rounder Alex Newhook. Like, they seem to work real well together, and and I, I, I don't think that there's any signs of slowing for that Boston College line. I agree. And we have more people that are more players to talk about maybe on another episode, but I wanted to touch on those players because Kaprasov is obviously the one that's eventually going to come over. Uh, Beckman again is, is garnering some, uh, some headlines with, uh, with over a hundred points well, let's, and, let's and go, Boldy. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah. Let's go to Hovanov a little bit. We gotta, we gotta mention Hovanov too. Well, yeah. Hovanov uh, who's uh, uh, had just a, a, an absolutely great season with uh, with Moncton who's got uh, 98 points in 50 games like that's he's on a too. 17 game point streak right now in Moncton whoa he has not been held off the score sheet since oh. uh, New Year's Eve wow he has 33 points that's in just uh, silly in his last 17 games wait 34 points 33 in 17 games 33 yep. Jesus. Oh my God. I mean, like I knew he was good and I knew that he was, was, was maintaining his, uh, his, uh, production as, as the season wore on, but that is just silly. That's just a silly number. Let me, let me tell you something else. That's silly. Uh, okay. he was last held off the score sheet on new year's Eve before that the 17th of November. <laughs> That was my birthday, actually. No, 17th of November. Well, he did not have a happy birthday. No, no, it's all right. I, he has only been held off the score sheet 
I think, six times this year. In 50 it, games? <laughs> he, that's that's insane. Yeah. Uh, he, he's been absolutely absurd, too. And I, I think that there's so many, like, good, talented forward prospects. And, and like Joe said, like, we could touch on maybe five more that maybe aren't this exciting, but have upside and are interesting and productive in their own rights. But there's a lot coming, and Minnesota's got two first-round picks coming up in the next draft, as far as we know. Uh, probably a middle-round, second-round pick with the way things are going. Like I think yep. that uh, I think that things are going to be very interesting in the Minnesota Wild Farm system. All right, Tony, where can we find you? You can find me on Twitter at OhioTony. You can find my work at The Athletic Minnesota. You can follow me at JoeBoo15 as also all of my work on ZoneCoverage.com. That's going to do it for today's episode. If you liked today's episode, (laughs) if you liked today's show, we really appreciate it. Please hit that subscribe button so your device sends it to you every time there's a new episode without having to do any work. Please leave a review and a rating on whatever podcast service you use, uh, especially if you use Apple. We really appreciate that. Uh, you can also follow the podcast on Twitter. Just look up at Locked On Wild. You can get in touch with us via email, especially for those listeners' choice uh, subjects and topics for our Friday episodes. Just email us at LockedOnWild at gmail.com. Thank you for listening to Locked On Wild, and be sure to check us out every Monday through Friday to stay on top of everything revolving around your 100-point prospects every day.